Welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, where we feature conversations with entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists. Welcome back to the Agents of Innovation podcast. I am your host, Francisco Gonzalez, and we are now on episode 30. I had a really uh, amazing opportunity when I was in Nashville, Tennessee, a couple weeks ago to visit with uh, Jordy Searcy. He's actually roommates with one of my good friends, Nick Gill, and if you um, heard the introductory music at the top of this podcast and some of the bumper music throughout the podcast... That was created by Nick, as I mentioned on the previous episode, and we did a little refresh. And while I was there, um, I also took the opportunity to uh, interview Jordy Searcy. Jordy was on The Voice three years ago, and you know what? I really didn't know what to expect. I had actually never heard him before. I did not watch that season of The Voice, Um, but I had an opportunity when I was in Nashville to actually go check out one of Jordy's local shows. He was playing... Uh, a show for a, a private um, party, and it was quite the party, actually, um, and uh, it was a, a lot of fun, and I was really impressed, and, you know, we were at a little small kind of uh, bar uh, scene, probably 50 people there or so, uh, a lot, basically, for the the size of the place, and you think, you know, for such an intimate venue, Jordy would just kind of stay on stage and make it intimate enough. But no, he actually, after a few songs, came down uh, in the middle of the crowd and um, and played uh, some acoustic. And it was just really unique. He, he's quite the performer, and you're going to hear an interview with him uh, coming up. I'm really excited to actually continue uh, listening to a lot of his music because uh, I was just really impressed uh, by this uh, young man who... Hails from Fairhope, Alabama, but is now in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, as we continue on the Agents of Innovation podcast, I have one request of all the listeners. Could you go in and review this podcast? Uh, It's pretty easy. Um, Basically, if you're on Apple Podcast, uh, launch the Apple Podcast app, and then on the search tab, I want you to enter in Agents of Innovation. Uh, Once that pops up, just click the, the, uh, the button that says Agents of Innovation Podcast, basically the logo. Um, and then once you do that, what will pop up on your screen, you'll see three columns that say Details, Reviews, and Related. Um, click on Reviews, and then once you do, you'll just click that button right in the middle of the screen that says Write a Review. And if you could do that, that would be awesome. You might need to be logged in. I'm not sure, but um, uh, either way, it'll, it'll prompt you. Um, and uh, we really appreciate as many positive reviews as possible because that will um, really help this podcast be heard by lots of other listeners and really just get in their feed when they're looking and searching for podcasts about entrepreneurs, philanthropists, and artists, which is what we bring you here. Of course, if you're on Facebook, uh, Twitter, or Instagram, you can find us uh, on Facebook at uh, type in Agents of Innovation Podcast in the Facebook search bar. On Instagram, we are Innovation Radio. And on Twitter, we're at Agent Innovation. Um, so continue to see all the great posts there. Uh, we do a blog post about each episode, including this one. And so I hope you'll join us in the social media and web space. But for now, I'm really looking forward to this interview with Jordy Searcy. I want to welcome to the Agents of Innovation podcast, Jordy Searcy. Jordy, thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks so much for having me. 
Well, Jordy is, uh, we're actually here in Nashville. I'm visiting Nashville right now, um, one of the great music cities in our country. And uh, Jordy is here. I got an opportunity earlier today to actually hear him perform. First time I've heard him perform live. And um, uh, pretty pretty good stuff, Jordy. I really enjoyed it. I mean, you're just a, a very uh, energetic, really get the crowd into it, uh, kind of, you know, perf- you're just a true performer. I mean, uh, when I, when I, uh, uh, that's the best I can really describe yeah. you as. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, playing shows is a lot of fun, and I think feeding off the crowd energy is my favorite thing about playing live. So, Jordy, um, how do you describe your music? Uh, I mean, it, you know, I always tell people it's kind of like a folk, rock, pop, like totally. type of sound. But I mean, it's always I feel like in this new era that we're in mm-hmm. with music, there's just so many blends of sound. It's hard to tell somebody like. This is this is the kind of music he plays. It's we're in Nashville. It's not quite country, but mm-hmm. there's a little country something in there, right. but not not country. So, what, tell me how you would describe your music. Yeah, totally. I think you know the. I, I would say the most important thing about it is the songwriting for sure. Um, it's very song centric, um, and it's you know acoustic and dynamic. Um, so you know, in terms of other artists, I I place it somewhere between. Um, like an Ed Sheeran and like a Noah Gunderson, both great songwriters and entertainers and, um, you know, guitar, kind of guitar-based music. So, Jordy, you are 22 years old, 23? 23. 23 right. years old. Okay, and uh, you've been playing music since when? I've been playing music since I was about five is when I started, like, violin lessons back in the day. So, been it, in various types of kinds of music over the years, yeah. And when did you uh, really start performing for people? Um, I started playing my own songs when I was like 12 or 13. Um, I your started, own songs? So you, you were writing your own music at 12 or 13? Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. just, not just covers? Yeah, I, I started writing when I was 12. I, I distinctly remember writing my first song and being so excited about it. I, I gathered my family around and played it for them. And so that, that was a, a kind of a real defining moment for sure. Um, and so, yeah, kind of... You know, I would play my own songs around town in Fairhope, um, and then I got started. I got started. So that's uh, that's Fairhope, Alabama. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My roommate in Nashville is actually also from Fairhope, Nick Gill. Um, wait, wait. I know Nick Gill. Um, actually, uh, for a point of uh, information for our our guests, so Nick has actually developed um, the intro music and all the music of Agents of Innovation podcast. Did that for me about two years ago. Um, one of the reasons I'm actually in Nashville is that Nick is refreshing that sound. So uh, the intro music you all heard on this podcast is the new sound of the Agents of Innovation podcast produced by Nick Gill. And Nick Gill will also be on a, another podcast. We're going to re- revisit uh, with him. And uh, hopefully he doesn't come in here and interrupt us right now. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So Nick is a good buddy. I've known him. Um, you know, me and... Nick were in a small and we were in a small town with not a lot of other musicians you know and so we uh, kind of grew up playing in the same scene and um, you know I think for both of us it was really kind of that small town singer songwriter scene that really honed us into the musicians we are today. So then you um, you know so you were performing for other people your family friends uh, 12 13 years old and then started sort of doing the artist thing uh, when about 17 you mentioned yeah and so I, you know I'd, I'd been I started getting hired for guitar when I was 13 or 14 and I uh, um, I'd been been writing my own songs you know and up until I was about um, 17 um, I is when I started making my first album um and uh you know just you know music is is a process and so you you learn how to do things better and better the more you do it and so now 
I've made five albums, but this next thing I'm going to release is actually I'm kind of considering my first release kind of on a bigger scale just because, you know, everything else has kind of been practice up to this point. So five albums already by the age of 23, um, and that's just practice. Yes, lots and lots of practice. You know, the most, uh, it's astounding the, the amount of artists that you're, you know, that people are just starting to hear, you know, hear about. Um, and then you go back and research their stories, and they've really been at it for 10 years or so. So, you know, I, t- 21 Pilots, for example, incredible band, guys that just won Grammys, um, kind of off of their, their second record, which is, you know, their biggest record. And that's, you know, that's kind of still early in your career as an artist. Um, but th- those guys are in their, you know, late 20s, 30s, um, and they've been making music since together since they were 21. So it, it just, sometimes it just takes a lot of time to get the formula right. So then, um, like most people, you graduate high school and you went on to college? Mm-hmm, I did. I went to University of North Alabama. Um, I kind of knew I would n- end up in Nashville eventually just because that's sort of where I felt my music would, would do the best. Um, and so I went to uh, college for a couple of years. Um, my goal for going to school was I wanted to be working too much to be able to finish school. Um, and that luckily happened for me because of um, I got an opportunity to be on a TV show called The Voice. Um, and it was kind of through that that, you know, after going through that whole process, I kind of realized, you know, if I don't get out on the road and start touring now, then I'm going to be doing something wrong for my career. So that's when I dropped out and started getting on the road. So, yeah, let's talk about The Voice. So yeah. you were in The Voice in 2014. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, what was that like? So you're, you're, you were in college in Alabama, North Alabama, and you took a little drive up to Nashville to audition. Uh, tell us what that whole process was like. Yeah, uh, up, up to that point, I, hadn't, I didn't really consider myself a singer. I considered myself you know, a writer um, and a guitar player and a, you know, a songwriter first before singing. And so I got um, you know, the opportunity to do the show because they needed you know, a branding character that, looked, you know, that, was, that I fit into. Um, Wait, hold on, hold yeah. on a second. Don't cut yourself short, because how many people probably audition for The Voice and don't even come close to getting uh, near that stage? About so, 80,000. Yeah, mm-hmm. 80,000. Yeah. So they needed someone, right. uh, is what you're saying, but, uh, but uh, you really probably fought through some, some stellar competition, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Well, yes and no. You know, I think, I think there are so many better singers that I am. I know there are so many better singers that I am that didn't get to be on the show. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of times it's just kind of the luck of the draw, what happens, you know. But I'm endlessly thankful to be on the show, and I think I learned so much from that experience. So you get um, the first auditions were in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, once it kind of narrowed it down, did they, fl- they flew you out to California? They did, yeah. So after I went up and I filmed, like, the preliminary audition, um, you know, I, I filmed my audition and did a little interview, and then um, I after like nine rounds of elimination of sending my tape through the casting department and then finally getting to the producers of the show, then they flew about 200 of us out to, um, to film. Let me ask you something. So from the time, what's the first process when you're applying to be on that show, when you're, when you're auditioning? Yeah. They, they contacted me in December um, of 2013. I was on, I did my preliminary audition in Nashville February of 2014 filmed um, the blind auditions and the battles in June through August of, of 2014. Um, my first episode aired September, like end of September that year. And then my last episode aired um, 
middle of October. So really it was like from December to October the next year was the whole process for like two, the two episodes that I was on. And you, uh, you made it to basically the second round? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, I watched your, uh, your battle there. Betw- um, who was the, the, the other performer? Yeah, Taylor Phelan is his name, uh, or uh, kind of a, a pop rock singer from Dallas, Texas. So in that performance, if people can go to YouTube and download this, um, you know, go to Jordy Searcy, uh, you know, The Voice, and I'm sure this will pop right up um, with Taylor. Taylor, what was his Taylor name? Taylor Phelan, P-H-E, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, uh, boy, what a performance that was. I mean, just watching it online, um, and uh, I noticed all the judges were just kind of blown away by both of you guys. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest part of that um, is that if you give two artists that are really committed to their craft um, a month and a half to work on a minute and a half song, every part of it is going to be absolutely dialed in. And so that's what we did. You know, we just had endless amounts of time. And not only that, we had a, we had a good amount of time with Pharrell Williams and Alicia Keys to work on that song. Um, and so, you know, I, th- I think you could take almost anybody and work on the song for that long and you would get something at that level. Just because, you know, that's how you work on music is you just hit it and hit it until it gets better and better. Yeah, so that's, that's interesting. Um, how does that compare to sort of like day-to-day life you know, mm-hmm. as a musician, because like you said, I mean, you're performing, you're, you're preparing for mm-hmm. one of the, you know, top shows on television. Right. Obviously, the, the show, the producers, everybody behind it mm-hmm. has a lot of, um, uh, you know, incentive to help you be your right. best. And you have a lot of time to practice and uh, probably some expenses being paid and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and, 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 you know, day to day life here, what, what's mm-hmm. that like uh, being able to, to try to practice at that level? Mm-hmm. Totally. Well, that's a, that's a really good insight. I'd say for sure I don't get the same, um, the same amount of pressure on me. Therefore, you so you don't get the same results. Um, and I think I think the same principles apply in both situations. Whether you have a great opportunity that you're preparing for, which happens from time to time in the real world music industry, um, but I'd say more of the type of practice that you get um, in Nashville with all of my friends that are working hard on music. Um, I think you know your the the prep time that goes into getting opportunities um, is over your entire life. You know the people that are getting great opportunities in Nashville are the people that have been working hard as they can since they were 15 at music. You know, and now they're 25 um, and they're starting to get really big opportunities just because they you know they've put in so much time over their entire life. As opposed to something on The Voice, you have a very specific thing that you've got to do, and you have a month and a half to do it. Um, and so you can do that one specific thing, but I'd say that the success that you see in Nashville is the people that have been working hard for a long, long time. Yeah, so, I mean, what's it like? Uh, first of all, okay, so I, I guess we could talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about what's it like in being here in Nashville. Uh, how long have you been here? And, I mean, I know you came here, uh, what was that, three years ago for the audition? Uh, for, and you were, but you were still in Alabama then. Right. So, so, so the voice is over. Um, where's college in the mix and where was the move to Nashville? Yeah. So, um, as soon as the show aired, I tried to go back to school, but I really, I didn't really have time because of a couple of, I was playing on some people's, playing guitar on some people's records and, um, making my own music and making my own records. So I ended up dropping out of school. Um, and then I, uh, played, I was still living in Alabama at that time. 
Um, and then I'd, and like a year or so after the show, um, two years ago in this September is when I moved to Nashville. Um, and, uh, I just remember getting to town and meeting everybody that was doing music and, and saying, oh man, I have to get so much better at everything. Um, and it was, it was wonderful because, you know, you just see people that are really great at what they do and it just inspires you to be great. So, yeah, I mean, that, that, that just sounds like there's, there's a really good, would you call it a competitive spirit here or would you call it just, uh, you know, people just kind of motivating each other? How would you describe this, the, the kind of, um, uh, just vibe being here in Nashville as a musician? Yeah, I'd say Nashville is different than any other music hub in America or of the world, really. You know, you have, um, you have LA and New York and Atlanta and Chicago and, some of these other other cities that have these thriving music scenes that are making you know the best music in America, but Nashville um, still feels like a small town. And my my uh, friend, one of my best friends here here in town, is producing my record. Um, put it really well the other day. I heard him say, um, "This town is way too small to make enemies." Um, you know, you go into any coffee shop if you've been here for any length of time working in music and you see three people that you've worked with on projects, um, you know, at any, at any point, at any day, you're gonna see people you know, and it really is a small town. There's a community of people that work together and, um, and we all, you know, know each other or are very closely connected to each other. Um, and so what I think happens because of that, as opposed to LA or New York, is that everybody um, is friends, so everybody's out to help each other and nobody Everybody wants everybody to succeed. I don't. Th- I, I never have, and I really don't think I ever will um, see somebody put somebody else down in Nashville and not get severely reprimanded for it. You know. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. So I feel like um, the Agents of Innovation podcast. We've we've had. I feel like we've actually had a Nashville bias with a lot of the oh, musicians yeah. we've had. Not even. Um, it has not been intentional at all. But I'm thinking as you're talking. Just a few episodes ago, we had Matt Hires, mm-hmm. who um, was actually originally from Florida and moved here a few years ago um, in, to Nashville. Uh, uh, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago on this podcast, we had Paul Fowl, yeah. who yeah. is um, not originally from Nashville, but moved here a couple years ago, but also was on The Voice. Mm-hmm. I think he was on in 2015, a year after you. Uh, we've had Steve Everett. We've had Amy Gerhart's. Uh, I don't know if we're missing anybody, but boy, they're all yeah. in Nashville. And, and I could tell you, all the people that I just mentioned mm-hmm. uh, did not start in Nashville. They've all come from right. uh, a variety of different places. Um, I think Steve is uh, from North Carolina. Right. Amy's from Georgia. So uh, really, really kind of interesting, eclectic place. I didn't realize until I was talking to Matt um, that, you know, he pointed out that Nashville, it's not only just a great music scene, um, he also prefers, well, it seems like he's enjoying yeah. four seasons compared to Florida's long summer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, he also said Nashville is just so central to so many other markets. And I know uh, you, you you venture down to Alabama a bunch, but there's if you look at where Tennessee is on the map and you look where Nashville is on the map, you can get to so many places in sort of the South and the Midwest and even the Northeast yeah. uh, pretty fast compared to, say, where I live in Florida. Right. Yeah, definitely. I, I'd say that's a huge asset for some, all the, you know, the vast amounts of touring artists that we have in, here in town. Um, yeah, you know, you, if, I, if I lived in Orlando, I think there's a specific number of markets I can play without having to drive 12 hours. Um, you know, if, and especially, you know, if you live in California, you can tour in California, but that's honestly about it. You know, you, it, you really have kind of a gap to cross if you're, if you're coming from the West. 
But here in Nashville, I'd say there's there's probably um, 15 to 30 great markets within four hours of, of driving. Um, pro- honestly, four hours driving probably way more than that. There's probably you know 40 markets um, that you know you can and that you know that if you play 40 shows a year, you're kind of playing a, a good bit of shows. So um, and yeah. Well, how many how many shows have you played uh, sort of in the last year or so? Yeah, so in 2016, um, I met uh, like the end of 2015. I met my my good friend Scooter Spicer, you know, best friend in the world. We played all over the the southeast, all over the country together. Um, and so in 2016, we booked and played about 200 shows. Um, and then and what does Scooter yeah, play? He's a drummer, percussionist. Yeah, he's he's fantastic really really tasteful knows how to play it in any situation um and really great great with specifics great manager um of you know booking and things like that great road manager and so we um yeah so we, we just kind of started doing that we'd hop in my car and go play and just get better and better um and then this year you know we, we played a lot and it was we learned a lot um and this year we were kind of slow down a little bit we'll play probably 150 shows by the end of this year um and then we have a booking agent helping us out with some things, but yeah, I think that's a, that's been a huge help to us is playing that many shows. So you played two hundred shows last year, about one hundred fifty this year. Yeah. What 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 number of shows per year do you do in Nashville, and and, and, and where else do you uh, tour? Yeah, so uh, in Nashville, um, I'd say I probably play less than ten shows a year in Nashville. Um, so I got a treat tonight. Yeah, so we you know we'll play one on August twelfth. Um, and then we'll play one in October, end of October. Um, and then I'm sure I'll probably do a Christmas show in December and then maybe one, maybe two other rounds between now and the end of the year. So, you know, you're looking at five shows from July to the end of the year. And um, you have some, I guess, what I would call sponsors? Mm, um, yes. So I have, you know, the more you do music, the more you meet other friends that do music in different capacities. So I've I've been able to connect with Personas Audio, Audio Electronics, um, great company, does really awesome things. We played an event for them tonight. Um, and then I'm lucky to be on Brave Enough Artists Agency, um, and I, they're a, Mark Miller is a great booking agent that books, um, books at uh, college events and universities across the country. And so we'll play, um, you know, a little less than half of our shows are, are through him and through at those college events. Well, good. Um, well, uh so what? So let me ask you something. We, uh, how are you doing music full time, or are do you do you have uh, other uh, ways uh, of income that you try to bring in as uh, to sort of survive as a, as a as a young thriving artist? Yeah. So I'm I've been very blessed to do music full time, um, and I think that doesn't have to do as much with my talent as just kind of the luck that I've had. You know, um, I've yeah I've been blessed to be able to make most of my money on the road. Um, I have other friends that have some like better writing opportunities than me um, that aren't necessarily doing music full time, you know. So it just kind of, kind of depends. I, I kind of fell into a pocket of of, uh, of money as far as playing live goes that sustains me. Um, and then I also really love teaching as well. There's I I do kind of like artist men- mentorship courses through a, a company here in town called uh, uh, PCG Premier C- Career Guidance here in Nashville, um, and so. You know, I, I, I do, I get some work from them. And then, like uh, most musicians you'll talk to, like Nick, for example, um, you know, working musicians in Nashville to make a living 
um, you have what's called multiple income streams. Um, so it's very, very common for somebody to be a writer, have a pub deal, get paid for writing, be a producer, help other artists make their, make their records, um, be an artist themselves, make records, go out on the road and make money, um, and then do anything from work for a label to a, for A&R for a few years, um, you know, book, do booking for a little bit, you know, um, be play, have a, be a player themselves and get hired to go out on the road. So I can, you know, off the top of my head, I can think of, you know, uh, two hands full of people that make their living like that, that do everything from one point to another. So uh, tell me a little more about this. Uh, uh, you, you mentioned you, you teach some music uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and at this, uh, what, what, what was the name of the place? Yeah, it's called PCG. Um, I, my mom is a, is a full-time vocal teacher. Um, and I can say, you know, with a clear conscience that she was better than anybody that was teaching voice on the, on the voice. So uh, this might explain why you have such great vocals, Jordy. It's uh, it's been awesome to be able to to learn from her her over the years. She's really great at what she does. So I mean, she's teaching vocals, but is she would did she ever perform or or, or uh, you know engage in music herself? Yeah. So she she's made records with a, with a couple of different bands at different times. She's a great songwriter and speaker. Um, about she she has a really awesome story, and so she writes songs and. and sings from that and then she she sings in church all the time so she'll, she'll always do that and it's fantastic really honestly as i'm thinking about it now is objectively one of the best singers i've ever heard it really is my mom all right you heard it here mom you're listening right right it is um, true. Yeah. well um the the other thing i wanted to just ask you about i've heard you say a couple times now in this uh, in this podcast episode that you've been lucky or you've lucked into something now i heard you tonight you're a heck of a performer. You're very talented. You got amazing vocals. You're great on the guitar. Uh, I want to ask you something else about yeah. the guitar in a minute, but yeah. uh, uh, and I and I get the fact that it's the music business. It's tough. I mean, I see so much. There's so much great talent out there, mm-hmm. and it's it, it is hard to break through. It's hard to catch attention. You know, we live in the Spotify world now, so there's a lot of opportunities right. for artists to get heard, but also. You know, it, it, it's sort of, of watered noise. down, yeah. right? There's so yeah, a lot of white noise. Like, so, uh, so I I, I I cringe a little bit when I hear mm-hmm. you say I've gotten lucky because I go, well, you're you're so talented. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me a little bit about that that intersection of luck and talent, mm-hmm. and 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 how you've uh, been able to, to to find some success so far. Totally, I appreciate it. Um, well, you know, I that makes me think of a quote from Steve Jordan, who's my favorite drummer of all time and one of my favorite producers of all time. Um, he plays for John Mayer and produced Continuum, like my favorite record. Uh, so this guy's kind of on the top of the world. He's just fantastically talented. Um, and he said, um, you know, I got, I, I, got my, I got my lucky opportunities. I got my shot. But the reason that it worked is because I was ready for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, th- I think, you know, Everybody, no matter who you are, um, gets opportunities thrown your way that are kind of lucky. You know, for example, um, the event that I played for tonight, um, which is, you know, kind of a, a special event. Not a lot of artists get asked to do events for companies like Personas. Um, that only happened because I was lucky enough for my parents to be best friends with Rick Knockby, who's the VP of, or no, the president of sales for Personas and is a fantastic guy. And he, you know, hired me for that event. Um, and so, you know, that's the reason why I got hired and not any of my talented friends, you know, 
for that particular uh, event, but and which will lead to other opportunities, like led to a sponsorship with like a couple other companies that I got tonight. Um, but at the same time, you know, I think the reason why he was able to hire me um, for that, um, not just because he really wanted to hire me because he loves me a lot because I'm part of his family, um, but the reason that I was hired really is because I worked very hard and played 200 shows last year and got good at playing shows live. Um, and so there's there's definitely, I think talent is about 15 to 20% of it for sure. I think hard work is uh, is... is Hard work and a little bit of luck is the rest of it, you know. Well, I'm reminded of a quote from uh, one of the most popular movies of our time, Titanic, Mm -hmm. where one of the people in the film said, a real man makes his own luck. Mm -hmm. Um, And so anyway, it sounds like, you know, you you are a hard worker. Um, I've been here in Nashville observing you and Nick for the last two days, and I see you're going constantly. You're going, you're moving, you're going. You're, you're, you don't, you don't, you, know, you have a lot of energy and you're just, you're going. And, and I've only been here two days. I just noticed yeah. that. Um, and then, you know, you just had a, one of the things I noticed in tonight's live performance, again, it was a, it was a private party, mm-hmm. coffee shop, but a nice cool place mm-hmm. with a little stage, uh, 50, 60 people maybe. Um, you got off, I mean, it was, it was already intimate yeah. enough, honestly, yeah. in that place. Right. And you got off the stage and you went and you said, Hey, is it all right if I just kind of come in the middle of everybody? And you, you know, you, yeah. you did a little acoustic thing and, um, uh, but one of the other things I noticed, um, I've never, I've listened to a lot of musicians in my life. I've been to hundreds of concerts. People who know me know, know, yeah. know how much live yeah. music. I don't know if I've ever seen somebody grab basically an acoustic guitar and start singing into, into the, 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 what do you call it, the hole in the guitar? Right. Sound or, hole, the yeah. sound hole in the guitar. Um, and you did that a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about your, your methods there. Totally, yeah. Well, I... Um, I, I, there's one artist in particular that I have to cite to kind of for, for instigating that. Ed Sheeran is a, you know, probably the, is definitely the biggest singer-songwriter in the world right now, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, absolutely fantastic, you know, at everything he does. Um, and he will sell out stadiums three nights in a row um, with just him and a guitar and a loop pedal. And I always thought that was so inspiring that he could create such a great show, literally just one man um, for, you know, for two hours, a great show. Um, which is, as a performer, is so hard to do. I can barely hold on to a 45-minute show, you know. Um, but he, um, yeah, and so he's great with the loop pedal. And so I um, I kind of took some things from him, and I started playing, uh, you know, using a loop pedal live, um, which is great as, like, a solo act or, like, a small band setup like I have. Loop pedal is a great way to just kind of uh, um, make kind of to make use of the little things that you have on stage um and so i there was one night in particular it was probably two years ago um i used to loop with a microphone um i had a second microphone set up that i would sing things into and loop um and use a harmony can you explain that to our audience uh, when you say loop what what does that mean definitely so a loop pedal um is basically a, a little device on the ground that you plug your guitar into um and then uh you hit a button and you start playing, uh, you start playing whatever you know, a riff or or chords or progression or whatever, um, and then you hit the button and the loop starts playing. So you can basically live track your uh, your your music as you're playing it live. Cool. Well, um, that anyway, that seemed to be a neat feature which you were doing there with the guitar, and uh, uh, definitely you know, especially in a, in a smaller setting like that, that uh, mm-hmm. uh, seemed to really kind of like amplify um, and, and give a little. 
just something a little extra to the audience, I think. Um, anyway, uh, Jordy, it's been great uh, interviewing you here for the Agents of Innovation podcast. Uh, what's uh, sort of next for you on the horizon? What are you, what are your, some of your upcoming goals and plans? Yeah, thank you. Seth. Thanks for asking. Um, yeah, so I've been playing and writing a whole lot um, and trying to get the best songs I can and uh, find and working with different people, getting the best producers. Um, and so uh, I finally am kind of you know have have some tunes for an EP that's going to come this fall that I'm really really excited about. So Jordy, uh, where uh, what uh, you have a website, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that. Yeah, everything, you know, every social media platform I try to be on. Um, I tend to focus a lot on Instagram and YouTube, you know, so I, I'd say kind of daily interactions will happen there a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, any, any social media platform that you find, um, JordyCerseyMusic.com, connect with me. I'd love to talk to you. So that's Jordy Searcy. That's J-O-R-D-Y-S-E-A-R-C-Y. So JordyCearcy.com. Mm-hmm. And then, I'm sorry, JordyCearcyMusic.com. And then, uh, of course, get it, go to YouTube, go to Instagram, all the, uh, all the social media. You can find Jordy Searcy, uh, and, um, and, and we'll look forward to it. So, so right now we're going to hear, um, uh, what, what song are we going to uh, listen to here to close out the podcast? Yeah, so this, is, this song um, is a live take. Of, uh, of a tune that I'm really excited about um, called Almost Friends. And so what you're hearing um, in this next song is us playing the tune live, um, just kind of a three-man three, uh, three man band. Um, so this is Almost Friends. Okay, well, thank you, Jordy, for being on the Agents of Innovation podcast. And here we go, Almost Friends by Jordy Searcy. Black and mild, I heard you crying. We have talked, fathers. I wish we'd been on a hest. Let's just sit down in a small town. I want to rewind to that bad fight from a past life. At the same time, I lived half that life around you. A fake friends fall out, but I used to be brothers with you. Mm-hmm. Let's just sit down in a small town. I want to rewind to that bad fight from the last night.
somos feos.